Welcome, podcast world, to a special edition of Turn of the Millennials. I am Stephanie. I am Lindy. Um, and today we are going to talk about one of the pivotal moments in our kind of existence, and that is the 9-11, as it is the 20th anniversary this year coming up. Tomorrow, once this episode is posted. Tomorrow. Um, we're obviously recording this a little okay. earlier. Hard to believe-, believe how fast those 20 years went. I can't even believe 20 years has gone by this fast. So uh, as kind of a bonus, but also an anniversary, an homage, anything to those lost, anything to do with this, this tragic and pivotal day in everyone's lives. Anyone who was alive at this time, it was a major event, not even in the States, in Canada, across the world. It was heard and felt. I kind of look at it as the moment the world became a before and after. Absolutely. Because the world changed so much. Like I'm already getting emotional talking about this. <laughs> but yeah, like the world just changed drastically after this. Nothing was mm-hmm. ever the same. It was kind of like the, it really was the end of what was the prosperous 90s. Uh, and that just the the 20th century, that, that end of that, like- The excitement of a new millennium. Yes, it was, it was all just crushed away by this event. Down. So for those, I guess, younger than 2001, I guess we can kind of go over it, I guess. We have just a little synopsis. There was a series of four coordinated terrorist attacks performed by the Al-Qaeda. The American Airlines Flight 11 uh, had hit the North Tower at 8.46 a.m. And the United Airlines Flight 175 hit the South Tower at 9.03 a.m. And these, or sorry, 9.03 a.m. These were the Twin Towers in New York City that these had actually happened as well. We didn't mention that. As they had um, blown into the buildings, obviously there had been some significant damages. And then probably within a few minutes, both of the towers just collapsed. We also had American Airlines Flight 77 had hit the Pentagon um, at 9.37. And the United Airlines Flight 93 crashed into a field in Pennsylvania after the hijackers passengers had tried to had an altercation. And that was at the 10.03. Passengers tried to take back control of the plane, basically. Exactly. It's tried and, to save what they could of yeah. themselves and it had crashed. Yeah. So, oh, so actually both towers here, 110 story buildings is what both the towers were basically. They had collapsed within an hour and 24 minutes of the mm-hmm. first hit. And they actually, the North Tower was actually hit between the floors 93 and 99 mm-hmm. of 110. And the South Tower was between, oh, I can't find it in my notes. I believe it was Lower. 77 and 85. Yeah, 77 was... and 85. The South Plane was was a little bit lower than the uh, the right, the North Tower. This, as, as we said, this is a very pivotal moment. After it happened, the U.S. and Canada airspace closed for two solid days. Uh, they were closed until September 13th. Wall Street closed completely until September 17th. There were 2,977 fatalities and over 25,000 injuries, and many still suffer substantial long-term health conditions uh, just due to the nature of some of the smoke and the debris that had happened when they were exiting or... So I actually found a quote on this uh, specifically about the the further damage caused to people that were in the area when that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a quote from a, a woman named Christina Stanton, who was a resident in New York who lived six blocks from the towers. When she ran, she was also one who ran down to help. This was her quote from a documentary I was watching on this. She says, everybody knew there was something funky about that dust and debris that covered lower Manhattan. Everybody knew that that can't be right and 
and there was talk from our environmental agencies, oh, we're monitoring the air and the air quality is fine. Uh, they, you fast forward to, I believe this documentary was taken 10 years later, I believe. Fast forward to now, we find out it actually wasn't um, at all. It, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's caused over 60 different forms of cancer. It, is, it had human remains, this dust that you were breathing in had human remains in it. You were breathing in electrical wiring, massive amount of concrete, jet fuel. They say no more people have died breathing in that toxic air and what it did to your body than the people who died on the day of the attack. It's killed more people since that day than it did on that day. Like, take that into consideration. Like, so this is that's not horrendous. Even, not even, yeah, not even just what happened on the day. There's been long-term effects for not even those people. There are also the people who are working down directly in it. The the mm-hmm. mental PTSD that some of them can also affect on it. Just seeing all of the debris and you know rescue efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was over 200 people unfortunately had passed and jumped to their death from the towers. When towers came down, it actually had registered 2.1 on the Richter scale as an earthquake. This one was the saddest, saddest thing that I came across because it's just so upsetting. But after rescue efforts had started to slow down and they were no longer finding anyone alive, their rescue dogs got really depressed. So the firefighters buried themselves in rubble. So their dogs have found alive people Mm. and weren't so sad anymore. I'm trying to keep together. I'm trying to keep together. I'm sorry. I agree. When it's the dogs, it's the worst. But even just the dogs in general, like, oh, I know it's so upsetting because it was, it was even the dogs, like the animals could feel that like their spirits Mm -hmm. could feel that all of these people were, and they're such pure animals that they just, they always want to be happy. And then that, you know, to find that no more people, they're not, they're not completing their missions. They were so, they got so depressed because they were failing Yeah, because they couldn't find anyone alive anymore. And And it wasn't their fault. It was just the condition of what was going on. They don't they don't know why they're not right like it's just oh it's so upsetting um now canada of course being other than mexico (laughs) their biggest closest neighbor and also sba we're so close to new york as well uh Mm -hmm. we had actually done our own kind of efforts during 9-11 we had operation yellow ribbon um it was to assist u.s by routing civilian planes aware away from u.s airspace as quickly as possible all of our provinces took in planes but 38 planes were ordered to ground in gander newfoundland due to the attacks and this is actually the premise for what is the future musical come from away the people of newfoundland opened up their homes to people let them stay there for you know a couple of days weeks some people Mm -hmm. actually loved it so much that they ended up moving to newfoundland because it was just a great experience for them. Like I said, we- such a traumatizing day. Right. Nonetheless, and right? I know for us, it was probably like a week into school. Uh, it was literally one week. I yeah. believe it happened. Did it happen on a Tuesday? I think so. It was a Monday okay. or a Tuesday. And it was this, and this, it was the second week of school. I yeah. just remember sitting out front of this, one of the schools, cause we had two campuses. I was sitting out front of the Northdale campus and all of a sudden someone walks by and they're like, yeah, someone hit the, the twin towers are blown or, you know, someone hit the twin towers. And I was like, that, that can't be right. That's just, that, that just seems that's so not right. Yeah, that's, that's movie, movie stuff. stuff. And then we walk into the lunchroom and we had some TVs and all you see is just everyone just quiet watching yeah. these TVs and trying to find and piece together what happened and what's going on. Yeah. I found out we were on our way to senior lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not senior lunch. It was like second period or something. I think so. Cause it was, it was, it was eight, at like nine. nine because I remember that I was watching, I came down the stairs towards the cafeteria and there's a, there was a TV in that foyer and everyone was just standing there crowded there. And that's unusual. Like yeah. there, there, that hall's um, usually empty. Unless it's Olympics. That's and, the only time. And so I came down and like looked up and I'm just like, 
oh my gosh. And that was on live TV was when the second plane hit. And that was my experience with that. And mm-hmm. yeah. like, it's just, it just makes you speechless. It really does. And the, unfortunately these events as they were acted out by the Taliban. And so at this point, uh, George Bush had decided to start the war on terror and the war in Afghanistan, which 20 years later now, at this point, we can Maybe say, well, we can say that Joe Biden has taken them out of Afghanistan, which 20 years to end this war. And unfortunately, there is some stuff now going in Afghanistan as well. Yeah, is Taliban's it taken back over 20 years later? So it break, breaks our heart even to talk about this and what's going on now. It's 20 years. It feels like we haven't even gone forward almost. It just, yeah, like it's just so sad. It almost it, like it's it almost feels like we're back on that day. Like mm-hmm. you just kind of feel hopeless about it because like, when is this, when is this crap going to end? And especially after the pandemic, we just went, the I whole just, world I, just went through. How many people like the world just lost over the last year and a half? Like I just, it's money. And it's it's money. Like it's power. It's money. It's greed. That's money, what it is. money, war is money and money makes the world go round, which is very unfortunate. And due to this war in Afghanistan and terrorism back then, we had a lot of unfortunate rises in hate crimes against Muslim Americans. I believe also Mus- Muslim Canadians. I believe the whole Muslim community across the world felt this, whether it was their country or in a different country. There was just so much hate crimes going on against them. You'd see it in TV shows. They would, they were always portrayed as the terrorists, no matter what. It was the worst, the worst time after all of this. This was also the time where they created the Guantanamo Bay Detention Center or detention camp. We saw heightened security measures at all borders and entries, airports, everything you that was the point we started having to take your shoes your everything off That's at airports. Where, like, the liquid maximum came into play and you can't just walk your loved one to the gate anymore you have to say goodbye to them before security like except all the, the day happened. it's the day the world changed uh, anti-terror legislations were put in and it created a global economic recession so it was it uh, it it was quite a quite a doozy is because what you could say it's the lasting we still see the lasting effects of this economic recession i, I don't that think was the ever... first of the two we've been through <laughs> i think we're at three now three, I, mean, I don't even know anymore i've lost count we've lost count and they're all supposed to be once in a lifetime recession so good to see why millennials are you know why we're behind and that's why we have to do podcasts <laughs> and that's why we like our comic books people so why we like to relive our childhoods as often as we can Exactly. Uh, The World Trade Center site was completely cleaned up as of May 2002. So it did take, you know, a year over just under a year, year, just under a year to clean up all of the, let's just say to clean up all of the debris. Debris. Let's be real. The rest of the country was still reeling at this point and still heightened awareness. Um, The Pentagon was repaired within a year. And this remains the deadliest terrorist attack in human history. The single deadliest incident for firefighters and law enforcement in the U.S., 340 and, and 72 respectively, were killed. And then the construction of the new One World Trade Center began November 2006, and it had opened November 2014. There have been numerous memorials constructed, obviously, at the World Trade Center's location in New York City, one in Arlington, and one in Pennsylvania. I remember me and my sister, I think it was around 2000 and I think it was 2008. We went to New York city and it was, we went by this location and it was, it was a big hole in the ground. It was really weird to see and to think that that was once those towers and the fences were up. Cause obviously they were starting construction on the new one, but it was still just weird to see this, this hole in the ground and knowing what it was and what had happened there. What happened there. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to New York, so I can't 
say was the but only time. I could imagine maybe I could imagine I mean I've I've been to places where natural disasters have happened and Pompeii it could be overwhelmed yeah at Pompeii for one of them where I was there six months before this happened so I, I, I could probably imagine what it feels like uh, our school actually canceled all class trips yep. I was supposed to actually go to Washington DC for the American history trip and obviously it was canceled because DC was caught by the Pentagon absolutely yeah and the uh, and also, I think it's notable to say that over half the victims have yet to be found or identified because mm-hmm. of like the carnage and everything was just so severe. The stuff mm-hmm. that I heard or see or I watched in all the like the YouTube videos I've been watching for research for this episode, just unimaginable horror. Even some of the videos I or not videos, the photos I saw on Reddit of just some people with trying to evacuate out the building at the time or just like, down the stairs or just anything of these you just it's it's heartening. I mean it's heartening the terror got to the point where like over 200 people jumped to their deaths rather than burn alive it's like I can't imagine that, being in that situation and thinking of my loved ones and knowing that you're never gonna see them again sorry <laughs> so it's I got it it's understandable it's it was an emotional day i think i i think all of us remember bawling our eyes out on that day because you just you feel all for the week. family member like exactly every- you feel for everyone that's there even if you weren't part of it if you didn't know someone yeah. you felt for them because you could that could have been someone in your family and you just didn't you just yeah you just don't know because like and i remember like every day that week every day that week i would go home and just i should probably shouldn't have but i like i watched the news footage because it was mm-hmm literally every everywhere. single channel for what two three weeks or something like that it was Just every channel everywhere because if it wasn't the 9-11 it was george bush saying about the about to go to war on and it just it was which i did i was thinking about this and with the fact that they i guess al-qaeda came forward and took responsibility for this and like it was osama bin laden and all of that i was curious i was like i don't think i ever really knew why what their motive was for this what was so I looked it I up and didn't think I heard anything either about that. I like, I don't recall hearing about anything about it in the news or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I took the liberty of looking it up and granted this is Wikipedia. So I don't know if it would be actual truth. Factual. I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so in it, it says in Osama bin Laden's uh, November, 2002 letter to America, he explicitly stated that Al Qaeda's motives for the attacks include Western support for attacking Muslims in Somalia supporting Russian atrocities against Muslims in Chechnya, supporting the Indian oppression against Muslims in Kashmir, support for Israel and Lebanon, the presence of U.S. troops in Saudi Arabia, and U.S. support of Israel and sanctions against Iraq. So the U.S. government took the position, as often repeated by the Bush administration, that terrorists attacked the United States because they hate us for our freedoms. For example, President George W. Bush, in a speech to Congress nine days after the attack, said, they hate right what we see in this chamber, a democratically elected government. Their leaders are self-appointed. They hate our freedoms, our freedom of religion, our freedom of speech, our freedom to vote and assemble and disagree with each other. Mm. So that speech can be found. So George W. Bush did say that. And I'm assuming you could probably find Osama bin Laden's letter to America somewhere online to verify oh, that. But oh, I, probably. Just, I, so. I, I did not do that part of the research. <laughs> uh, Osama bin Laden, on that note, was found on may 1st 2011 and killed by navy seals now on now on february 29th 2020 the united states and the taliban signed a conditional peace deal in doha qatar which required that u.s troops withdraw from afghanistan within 14 months so long as the taliban cooperated with the terms of agreement and that's why i was as i mentioned earlier about how 
it's weird that all of a sudden 20 years later with this thing, the Taliban is now coming back to power, even though they've done this peace deal. What I find odd about this current situation is here a lot about a lot of Americans, and I'm not going to go like right or left wing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a lot of Americans wanted our, wanted their troops out of there and for good reason. Mm-hmm. So they finally get them out and now they're mad at the president because of now what's going on in Afghanistan. Hmm. That's what I don't understand. It's the pickle. They're doing, that what, is... they're doing what you've been asking them to do for 20 freaking years. It's the pickle that's and... being the president. You're, you get stuck in that predicament of like, no one's really going to be happy with you. You just got to kind of make the best decisions for your country and hope for the best. Yeah. No one, not everyone anywhere is ever going to agree with your decisions. Not yeah. everybody is always going to be happy with your decisions. So you just got to do what feels right. And yeah. hopefully you listen to your advisors. And uh, according to the U.S. Defense Department, as of May 2021, so this isn't even, it's only a few months back, 2,442 U.S. troops have been killed and 2,666 have been 20, wounded. 20,000, 20,000. 20,000, sorry, 666, sorry. Yeah. Have been wounded within yeah. this Afghanistan war. So it's, uh, you know, that's a quite large numbers, you know, for something that could have been over maybe years ago. It, we don't know. Again, we don't know. It's, mm-hmm. but this is just, what we've now been dealt with some interesting, I guess, celebrity related things, related things to nine 11 Mark, Mark Wahlberg was scheduled for flight 11 going to the one from Boston, but he actually chartered a plane to TIFF instead coming to Toronto film festival. Yay. Toronto again, another link to Canada saving Mark Wahlberg, Seth MacFarlane, same flight. So they were coming from Boston. That was what it is. Uh, same flight, but he was too hungover to catch the flight. Thank God for drinking the day before. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, Rob Lowe actually sat beside the attacker on a dummy test run 11 days before. You don't even know who That's, you sit beside. It's, right? That's right? crazy. Anyone you could sit beside could could be anyone. Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess Fergie, the original Fergie <laughs> charity was, uh, her charity was actually on floor 101 of the Twin Tower, one of the Twin Towers. Um, and she was due there that day. However, her interview with Matt Lauer ran long, so she didn't get a chance to make it there on time. And dear Steve Buscemi, previously before being an actor, was actually part of the New York firefighters. Yep. And and when this happened, his duty called and he was right down with there with the rest of his firefighter guys, saving, trying to dig, trying to just do anything he can to help effort, Helping rescue, rescue people efforts and-, and just cleaning up. And this just shows you what a great guy he always, always was. <laughs> I love Steve Buscemi. He's amazing. My first introduction was Billy Madison to him. And that's always what I remember. I honestly him. couldn't tell you. No idea. I remember that. Mine was probably Con Air. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's see that. Anyway. Um, now, also, again, after 9-11, there was a pivotal moment. So just like with anything else, you have to, to process it. We always have people being artists and creating songs about it to help themselves and yep. help the rest of the world just help them just get through. figure out, maybe come to terms with what happened, whatever it is. And music, as we all know, is a great way to bring people together, help you work through emotions. So just a, a list that we kind of found of some... I guess related uh, well, artists who, who were inspired by these tragic events some, that to write some songs about it. One that I really specifically remember at the time was the Alan Jackson. Uh, Where, Where were, you? were you when yep. the world stopped turning that September day is the whole title. Right. So that's and just, the video. Oh my God. I watched the video earlier and it is, still makes me cry. Is it just him 
guitar playing yeah and no it's just... there's there's shots of um people watching the news and oh, okay. um, around the world and like kind of basically showing like the world kind of stood still when that happened like, mm -hmm. every eye in the world was basically on a television watching this when it was happened. didn't matter if you were what country you were in because this was the, like I said the biggest attack ever that people were so shocked everywhere we had yellow card believe that one literally talking about being in the tower and talking about the tower that day and then we also had good charlotte because we were a little emo in that time that's when we were listening to punk and emo so these were the songs that we had really good ones there was yeah. goldfinger good charlotte and mast uh the innocent again about people in the twin towers that day we have bon jovi another reason to believe beastie boys born in nyc so they had an open letter to nyc the next one I'm going to say, because I kind of feel like he was another one at the big forefront of the 9-11 music and America as the greatest country in the world. There was Toby Keith because yeah. he had Courtesy of the Red, White and Blue. That was basically kind of the what launched him is he had these songs that were very a patriotic American and funny. So and that funny. just people loved him. And then unfortunately, that was also in another episode. <laughs> change in country music where a lot of the girls were coming to a rise and then for some reason the men took over after that time which was unfortunate yeah. also and then we also have so boxcar racer they had a mm -hmm. song called elevator dixie chicks traveling soldier which love i listened to that song. song the other day and i just love that song it's on my playlist it just made me kind of almost cry so again so good so good paul mccartney freedom sleater kenny far away daryl worley have you forgotten dj sammy heaven it was a song that was out, but they did a 9-11 remix where they had some of the, I believe the troops actually talking in between the songs. Kind of and, like uh, Sarah McLaughlin did with the Columbine tragedy. With yes. Her they, song. They kind of did that a lot, actually. What Angel? was the song called? That she, no, it's not Angel. Will You Remember Me? I will remember you. I will remember you. Yeah. That one. So they did that a lot, actually, in the 90s as well, because they did it with the Titanic. Yeah. My Heart Will Go On. They did, yep. I think. Josh Groban had a song where I think they also did and put military men over top of it. Anything to benefit profitably from a tragedy, right? Well, and also they could, <laughs> I guess they were raising money for vets and I guess. Oh, yes, know, that's true. Okay. Like that I, I, rescind so, my, I rescind my comment. I apologize. They, yeah. So, I forgot. A lot of these artists did do these songs and like all the proceeds went to charities benefiting the victims of 9-11. Red Cross or the yes. military people yeah. over there and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so I apologize for that asshole comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Mac, uh, Alum, 9-11, Lagwagon, which is another punk rock band, had Never Stops, My Chemical Romance, Skylines and Turnstiles. And there were two artists that actually did a kind of a whole albums. Uh, Susan Vega had a visual and it was benefit album for 9-11. It was actually a bunch of different artists that had helped uh, to contribute to that one. And then Bruce Springsteen called The Rising Album. And a lot of songs on that one were kind of inspired and influenced by the attacks. Didn't a lot of musical artists come together and do like one song? Like, don't I do I remember that? Was that the one where they like unblindfolded themselves? What's going on? No, that, going that was no. AIDS, I think. That was AIDS. Yeah, I think that was I, for AIDS. I swear, like and think Britney, Backstreet Boys, like all yeah, of Christina. them did a tribute song for 9-11, didn't they? I don't know if it was for 9-11, but what's going on, which had a bunch of them in it, was for uh okay, I believe maybe AIDS. Maybe that's, well, where was their 9-11? I don't know. Unfortunately, I do not know. I'm sure there's much, much more out there in different areas. We just, this was the little list of songs that we compiled. They're great songs. Go ahead, take a listen to them. And then I guess at this point, Lindy has some, this was the area that she kind of more so was yeah. more about than I am. I guess some people 
also along with the 9-11 attacks thought that there were many conspiracies that it was the government instead of the Taliban and it was Mm -hmm. there was just so much going around that they were demolished instead of the planes going through and so this is Lindy's forte now I don't find it completely impossible to think the government has something to do with this. I'm not saying they did. I'm not saying they didn't, but I'm not saying it's impossible that they, that they did. Cause I'm, I'm, I watch movies, governments, you can't trust governments. You just, you just can't. Okay. All right. All right. It's true. Okay. So these are, I, there's a few of the um, conspiracy theories that I have found uh, while doing my research. So a lot of people think that it was an inside job. And that, and they're, they're noting this, that the World Trade Center uh, was brought down by explosives and not planes. The planes were just a distraction and a, a cause the public would believe that the collapse of the North and South Towers to an act of controlled de- demolition. So a lot of like mm-hmm. demolition experts are like, that looks exactly how a building looks like when it's imploded from the inside. That's yeah. like the way it fell right? The way they both fell. Or there was an explosion um, just below a plane out that would only yeah. be in that case. Because what they say is because they fell so quickly and into their own footprint. So I believe it was 56 minutes the, from, from the time the South Tower, which was the second tower hit and the first tower to fall. It was like 56 minutes or something like that. It was an and hour, was in, hour and 24 total is what I saw for everything. Yeah. So, 56 so it was sense, like yeah. another half an hour before the, the first building that was hit that fell. Okay. So after the dust all settled and everything, eyewitness accounts state that uh, there were reports heard of explosions before it actually fell. And due to debris that was being expelled from like the first few floors before the actual initial fall. Um, So this was eyewitness accounts. This is just. And then after the official report stated that the towers fell due to structural damage caused by planes and resulting fires, the truthers, which is what the conspiracy theorists, I guess, call themselves, they argued that fires don't burn, didn't, the fires didn't burn long enough, 56 minutes in the case of South Tower, to cause catastrophic collapse. So whether that's true or not, not really sure. I don't know. We're Um, not experts in that field. This is literally, it's just me reporting, don't shoot the messenger. Although... I gotta say, I was a believer of that theory. I don't know. I just, anyways, I'll get to that. I'll get to my <laughs> opinion after this. So, um, and then one of the next conspiracies was that a missile actually hit the Pentagon. This one I will buy into because I couldn't find one shred of actual video evidence that shows a plane hitting the Pentagon because the only, the only one security camera caught the footage of this plane hitting the Pentagon one at the fucking pentagon right one how was there only one camera it was it was like a stop camera so it wasn't a fluid it was like it took every like half a second and you know Mm -hmm. how fast planes fly like it didn't catch it all you caught was like i paused it just as it because i was watching on youtube and (laughs) i paused it just as the, the plane entered the screen and from what i could see from what i could see kind of looked like a missile didn't look big enough to be a plane, whatever. I'm probably wrong. Like I'm totally probably wrong, but that's just what I see. Anyway, peep these truthers out there um, saying early video footage and photos taken at the scene don't seem to show much evidence of plane wreckage, which I find funny because 11 years later, almost 12 years later, they found the piece of a landing gear wedged in between two buildings, two blocks from the ground zero. Mm-hmm. They don't know if it's definitely from one of those planes, but it could be. Oh, wait, but this is, we're talking about the Pentagon. Never mind. Sorry, I got confused. 
Oh, did I smoke? Okay. So then uh, the damage to the structure was too minor to have been made by a commercial airliner. That from what video and the footage that I've seen, I would believe that as well. Um, and they questioned why uh, the plane that was piloted by an amateur was able to crash land into the United States Department of Defense. How did it get that close? It would have been like, I watched a ton of videos and a lot of them were real recordings of like the flight towers that day and everything like that. And they noticed this plane, the Pentagon, the plane that hit the Pentagon, they noticed it off its route probably an hour before it hit it. So why was that not red flags? Like how, how does a plane this size get to crash land into the Pentagon? Is, is, is it above like the Pentagon and that, isn't that like a no fly zone? Most I thought likely. about all military type buildings. It's all a no fly zone. So probably because I know how did it get so close that it crashed into the fucking Pentagon. Our refinery is a no fly zone because we're right by an airport and they're not allowed to fly over. Just like that makes sense, you know. All right. So that's it for the Pentagon anyway. Um, so the, next <laughs> the next the next the uh, next theory was that the uh, the United Airlines flight 93 was shot down, that it did not crash land after passengers tried to overtake their hijackers, even though I did watch some videos that had video recordage of like the black box of the voices. And it they totally did. They yeah. totally did try to, to overtake the hijackers. But there was little plane wreckage was found in the field um, and the crash site itself was too small for an airliner that size. They're saying that the plane was shot down by military, so it disintegrated over a larger area. Don't know how much of that I believe. Yeah. I would like to think all of those passengers died as heroes and were not shot down by their own country's military. Right, exactly. They were heroes. We're, yes. we're leaving them be heroes. Screw with yes. this conspiracy theory. That plane so. supposedly was headed for Mount Vernon, yes? I think so. Is that where they were saying it was headed? Somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, camp, that was camp, that was camp what David? I got from the news. Camp, Mount Vernon camp or David. Camp David? Camp, camp David, David, maybe. It was Camp David, yeah. Because that's um, where the president usually goes. So then my next theory is that the U.S. knew of the, what is it? U.S. knew of the attacks and told the military to stand down. This one, I was just like, eh, we'll see. So <laughs> they believe that the North American Aerospace Defense Control, otherwise known as NORAD, ordered the fighter jets to stand down and allow the planes to hit their targets. They seem to think that the U.S. seems to have had the most powerful air force in the world, yet failed to intercept any of these four planes, which I could believe. But why? So the uh, they're saying that it was the government used the attacks to justify an invasion on Iraq and Afghanistan to secure oil interests. I found some an article from 2013 on CNN where it's quoted by some people about this situation. So before the 2003 invasion. Iraq's domestic oil industry was fully nationalized and closed to Western oil companies. A decade later, a decade of war later, it's largely privatized and utterly dominated by foreign firms like ExxonMobil, Chevron, BP, and Shell, mm -hmm. and including American oil service companies like Halliburton, a Texas-based firm, which Dick Cheney ran before joining George W. Bush for candidacy in 2000. Well, I was going to say, we all remember the Halliburton scandal back then. Yep. So... My next, this one, this quote that I found is a little bit more condemning of damning evidence about this, I find. So, and I quote by General John, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Abizade, the former head of the U.S. Central Command and Military Operations in Iraq in 2007, 
said, of course, it's about oil. We can't really deny that. And then the former Federal Reserve Chairman Alan Greenspan agreed, writing in his memoir, I am saddened that it is politically inconvenient to acknowledge what everyone knows. The Iraq war is largely about oil. Then Senator and now, def and now Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel, which this is in 2007, by the way, so he's not the current Defense Secretary, uh, said the same in 2007. People say we're not fighting for oil. Of course we are. We've always about, been fighting for all oil. about oil and money. It's always yeah. about materials. Okay. I have my last one. This okay. is my last one. Um, so the insider insider traders knew. So Wall Street insider traders knew about the attacks going to be happening a few days before in advance. And this is, this is what I found on this topic. So days before 9-11, an extraordinary amount of put options, which are investments that pay off only when a stock drops in price, were placed on stocks of two airlines. American and United, which were the two airlines that were used in these terrorist attacks. Mm -hmm. um, the truthers believe that traders knew and cashed out on this tragedy. They did. They're going to fucking hell, like the deepest ring of hell these people are going. Okay? Right. To add on to the government inside job thing, I couldn't find any evidence on this or like any articles about it, but I just, I remember people talking about it and it just being brought up in conversation amongst other humans that, that the World Trade Centers were inspected for insurance purposes shortly before 9-11 happened. I'd heard that um, one. Yeah. And that it would have been too expensive to bring up code. So put two and two together, they will not only profit from the, the destruction and the life insurance policies of everyone living there or the, the employees who are working there. Um, and cash out on the insurance, but then it's also profitable, or it's also justified to start a profitable war. So, yeah, so the re I was rewatching footage, and the South Tower looks to have collapsed due to the 25 stories that were on top of it. So basically, a 25-story building, like, just collapsed on top of this 75 stories. So, of yeah. course, it's going to come down like that, right? But explain the second one. The North yeah. Tower fell the exact same way, and that plane hit the 93 stories, 93 to 99. So almost at the very top of it. So, and it's not like jet fuel is going to drip down the entire structure to for the whole building to be on fire to for it to the structural sound of the building to collapse on itself. And it didn't fully collapse on itself. Of like the top part of it landed on the Marriott the Marriott Hotel. Oh, poor Marriott. But it was evacuated, I believe. Yeah, I think as soon as that. Watching the footage of this was. I have did not go back to it. I will admit that. Um, yeah, but... it was absolutely. It was it was really hard to watch. I can imagine. So now on the opposite side of things, because we also can't forget it was a war in Afghanistan, and yes, it is a Taliban, but there is still a country of people that live there that have nothing to do with any of this. So I found an interesting article from, uh, I believe it was this year or last year. Uh, it's based, oh, this year. So it's saying the counting the costs of America's war uh, 20 years ago in Afghanistan. So since 2011, at least 47,245 civilians have been killed in war as of mid-April. We have cost estimates war has killed 66,000 to 69,000 Afghan troops. The war has forced 2.7 million Afghans to flee abroad, mostly to Iran, Pakistan, and Europe. Another 4 million are displaced within the country, which has a total population of 36 million. It's estimated that over 3,800 U.S. private security contractors have been killed, but the Pentagon does not track their deaths. The conflict has also killed 1,144 personnel from the 40-nation NATO coalition 
that trained Afghan forces and the remaining 7,000 allied troops will also withdraw by the 9-11 deadline. Now the cost in dollars, U.S. has spent a stunning total $2.26 trillion on a dizzying array of expenses, according to the Costs of War Project. Uh, the 2020 report said warfighting costs totaled eight. 115.7 billion over the years that covers the costs of U.S. military in Afghanistan, everything from fuel, food to Humvees, weapons, ammunition, tanks, armored vehicles to aircraft carriers and airstrikes. Jesus. Washington has poured over 143 billion into that goal since 2002. Of that, 88 billion went to training, equipping, and funding Afghan military and police forces. Another 36 billion went was spent on reconstruction projects. Another 4.1 has gone to humanitarian aid for refugees and disasters. The campaign to deter Afghans from selling heroin around the world cost over four, over nine billion. Wow! So, wow! Since two thousand, with all just think with all of that money, could have fixed all our world problems. They could have ended world hunger and poverty, cleaned our oceans. But no, gotta start a war. It's gotta be funny. Bullshit. So two thousand since two thousand and one, life expectancy has increased to sixty four from fifty six in Afghanistan. So opportunities for education have grown. The literacy rate is a rise eight points cent to roughly 43. Uh, I, uh, so there was, you know, it was being prosperous, but child marriage had declined 17%. That's good. But it should decline a hundred percent, but okay. So either way it's and we like bitch said, about certain things. Like, and we first, first world problems guys. Like yeah, I know we bitch about on. things, but this child is child marriage dropped 17%. That well, means it's still happening. Like that's disgusting. 47,000 sickening 47,000 civilians and up to 69,000 of the troops like that's that's a that's, lot of people just from your country as well like that that died just over the course that of just 20 like years made, that just made my stomach drop like that's absolutely atrocious just because of and I think it was Roosevelt or one of the presidents uh, early said the reason the only men who go to war are the ones who have never seen the cost of war so a man who has never been to war will go to war because he doesn't understand what war is actually like. What it never actually costs you. And you never fought on the battlefield is also the other thing. Because if you fought on those battlefields, you would never send someone to those battlefields. Yeah. Because they could, they're, they just mess with you. They just yeah. screw your whole life. Well, look at how the veterans returning are treated by their own country that they went to and risked their lives to fucking defend. And yeah. look how they're fucking treated. It's they're, disgusting. Luckily, there are some celebrities and some millionaires out there who are doing their best to help them as well. It's just, I think yeah, Gary but the Sinise government should them. fucking do something for them. Those men and women. They fought for your freedom. They you, lost limbs. They've gone crazy. They've watched their friends die in front of them and couldn't do shit about it. And you're going to you, bring them home and give them next to nothing to fucking survive on and no mental health help Jeff, at all? Like, fuck you. Jeff Bezos, Sorry. you just got to go to the edge of space because of these people. For 10 they fucking minutes. If they wouldn't go to the war, you wouldn't be able to do that right now. Exactly. You, All the other billionaires, you Bran fucking owe these veterans. Branson's like from them. England, though. We can't. It's a little different, though. That's why I didn't say his name. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, he's British. Um, he was one of the ones who did it. Yeah, but, he's no. British. <laughs> but yeah, like, come on, like, take care of your so veterans. Like there is, fuck. as you could tell, guys, there's a lots of there's a cost for everybody. It's not just in the States. It was, yeah. it's ever, even in a, like, if you think about Afghanistan is still going through this stuff and we're sitting here on our cell phones, complaining about masks, complaining, we can't get our 5g. We're almost we're at 1% battery. Minutes. Yeah. Or waiting for five minutes in line at the grocery store or like having to wait for a coffee, like bigger fucking problems out there, guys, bigger problems. Be thankful you live in a first world like we do. Yep.
Um, I think at this point, we're just going to kind of maybe end on a happy note and maybe just say, you know, maybe a little just, moment of for all those who we did lose yeah. through all of this, just kind of honor the victims, honor their loved ones from honor those, those that are still suffering, those lost in the towers, those lost in the war, both in, in locally and in Afghanistan. Pay your respects, be nice, be kind to each other, help and each just, other out. Don't about, let hate win. Don't let love, hate win. Love is all around and love is what we need to conquer all. I know it seems it seems cheesy and silly, but it's totally true. Hate is so bad and it's so unnecessary. You know, Hold your loved ones tight. And Tell just, them you love them. Also another cheesy line, but it's true. Tomorrow's never promised. Mm-hmm. Life is too short. Don't waste it on hate. I don't want to say it, but YOLO. Yeah, actually, you don't well. live once, you die once. That's true. Yodo. Sorry. Yodo. You only die once, but we live every day and it's yeah. never promised tomorrow. So, so go out there the and live today yeah. awesomely and yes. hug your friends and family and hug your neighbor too. Forget COVID. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't spread that misinformation. No, absolutely not. Just, <laughs> just protect within, yourself. Stay yes. safe. Just be kind to each other. But, yeah. We feel the more love in this Just world. feel the love and love each other on that note i guess that is the end of our episode and thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it uh we will come back for another light-hearted episode next week but we just felt it was as millennials it was our our duty and respect to just do this episode so thank you to all the rescuers the police firefighters everybody who contributed that day to troops overseas troops, the troops overseas at home defending your freedoms all of you guys we love you thank and you a big thank you yes thank you we love you and stay safe we hope you love guys and catch you guys next week thank you everyone for listening to this episode of our podcast if you liked it be sure to check out our previous episodes on our website at www.millennialspod.com and also you can check them out on spotify anchor google or apple podcasts while you're there hit the follow and subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our latest episodes also you can follow us on all of the socials instagram tiktok twitter at turn of the millennials pod and like us on facebook to leave a comment and a review we greatly appreciate it we will see you next episode